The Legendarium Podcast is brought to you by, by you. So please visit patreon.com slash legendarium to, to support the show. But for now, welcome to The Legendarium. The Kardashian version of review content, which deserves so, so much more. <laughs> Wait, the best part. Here's the best part. How many stars did we get? Two stars. Two stars! <laughs> Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the Legendarium Podcast. Uh, I am Craig Hanks, your host, and this is episode... What was it? 209. 209. Today we're talking about Farmer Giles of Ham, and I'll tell you why in a little while, but first let's introduce everybody else here. Well, he's as fierce in bargaining as Farmer Giles. He just takes off his shirt and refuses to put it back on till he gets what he wants. It's Todd Wenty. Yes, indeed, and my shirt frightens people. The one I'm wearing inside. It's not the shirt. <laughs> and if ever I had a bosom enemy, he's it. It's Ken Johnson. Oh, come on. I, I call being Peter Scolari. You can be Tom Hanks. What? Bosom buddies? <laughs> you no, oh, no. Oh, my sorry. gosh. You're too young. You lost me. I, too I, young. I got the reference. I got uh, the reference. Okay. Old, old people. Old, old people, people for the win. All right. Yeah. And <laughs> if, if he were in my dragon hunting party, he'd either be a knight or a servant or maybe a pack mule. I'll let you decide. It's Ryan Bruckman. Let it be written down, good masters, that I am an ass. <laughs> and a man of meat. Yeah. No. no one gets that reference yeah, yet because it hasn't that's gone out. That's, that's a, a deep cut. That's a tease right there. Um, okay, so uh, let's see. I've been told by no fewer than several people on our <laughs> recent survey that I, take, that I take too long to do the housekeeping. So Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Reddit, Discord, and of course, patreon.com slash legendarium is where you can go and support the show. Done. 10 seconds. Suck it. All right. Do you know there are other things in the survey, like when you call people out and tell them to suck it, that they, they mention? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, baby steps. Um, <laughs> one thing, one, one episode at a time. So, well, uh, speaking of which, speaking of which, though, we did just read a fantastic um, uh, review. review on iTunes. And Ryan, I was hoping you would read that out because it is really, it's really something. And I'll save the best part for last, but go ahead and read it. This is the latest review that we got on iTunes. Just huge D-bags. Shitting on everything and being overly self-referential doesn't make you awesome. It just makes you pathetic. As a full member of the Nerd Tribe, I get attention to detail at all, but it doesn't mean being absurdly negative. That's what we are seeking and getting away from the fast food world we all live in. Lots of luck with whatever this is, the Kardashian version of review content, which deserves so, so much more. <laughs> Wait, the many... best part, here's the best part. How many stars did we get? Two stars. Two stars! <laughs> Yay! Oh, Our audio quality is decent, apparently. <laughs> so, so That's like the yeah. participation trophy of... <laughs> We, we <laughs> reviews. We had a we had a rough time with um, one book. What was it called? Assassins Apprentice. Assassins Apprentice. Yeah. We, had, we had a rough time with one book, and people got pissed. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty remarkable. We anyway, angered the internet. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, if you if you want to help us out, I guess go offset that with a go well, find something say, that the red team. Did. I would say a five star <laughs> review, but but like based on that. You, you, if you really, really love the show, just give us four stars because apparently that's how <laughs> that's, this works. Yeah. I don't really get it. 
I, but there's a couple like that. There was uh, there was one where somebody called me all sorts of names and then uh, gave us two stars. Yeah. <laughs> I guess you guys all earned a star. I, I'm not sure. We got sympathy stars I've, because I, of how much abuse we take. I this, feel I feel like it's the default is one star, and so I feel like it's people giving a star, thinking they're giving one star, and then it ends up being two. I don't I, know. I, Honestly, I, I can't I understand. Why somebody would give it two stars. Long but. story short, we appreciate all the reviews. We appreciate the support. And for those who took the survey, thank you. We've we really that feedback is very helpful to us. That's like, actually accurate. It's that's true. it's helped us to know some things we can work on and things we can go forward and do. Absolutely. My personality, not one of those things. <laughs> no, we're <laughs> sorry. We're, we're we're happy that Craig breathes sometimes. So you know, because it lets the rest of us then start to talk. I thought you oh. said breeds. I'm like, what? No, no, not breeds. Breeds, breeds. I'm very uncomfortable right now. <laughs> so uh, maybe we should talk not only about Farmer Giles of Ham, but why we're talking about Farmer Giles of Ham. I had told a few people that we were doing another um, Discworld book for the first episode of the year. Um, we still have that book scheduled. It's just uh, we have a guest coming on for that episode, and and he needed to reschedule, and so... Uh, we're putting that off for a few weeks. Don't worry, it's still happening. If you want to follow along with us on that, it's Discworld number 25. It's called The Truth. Uh, and it is a riotous good time with a ton to talk about. We won't get through half of what we should be talking about in an hour on that. But uh, but it's going to be a fun time anyway, so I hope you'll join us. Uh, you can go look up The Truth, Discworld number 25 by Terry Pratchett and follow along. So anyway... For today, we read Farmer Giles of Ham, because uh, because we had to reschedule that episode, the suggestion was, hey, how about something we could read in a day? And this is one of those things. Yeah. So if you haven't read Farmer Giles of Ham, don't worry about it. We'll tell you all about the story. You'll be able to follow along just fine. Um, this isn't the kind of thing where it's like, oh, I, I, got, I, I have to avoid spoilers. That that's not. This isn't that kind yeah. of story, so don't worry about it. Uh, but I would still encourage you to go read it when you have a chance. It's delightful mm-hmm. um, and a lot of fun. At it's least written by so. Tolkien. It's a Tolkien story. So I, think we, I don't think we've actually mentioned a, him yet. Is that a surprise to anybody? No, I don't think it is. What? <laughs> that, that, that I suggested a Tolkien story? That you story? suggested a Tolkien story. <laughs> well, that and, was actually another thing from the survey. Was yeah. People said more Tolkien, so and, here you go. And it's well worth the time. Yeah. Um, anyway, so Ken, I believe you have written a... Uh, synopsis. One one more thing people like from the survey, apparently. <laughs> we promise we won't keep bringing that up. I, all right. Because that was another because, thing mentioned on the surveys, being too referential. Yeah, stop mentioning ourselves. <laughs> well, yeah, somebody's going to dig this up in two years and they're going to be like, what the hell are they talking about? <laughs> no, well, there was a survey, kids. Back when, the survey back that when ended we were legendary. All, young. <laughs> uh, all right, Ken. All right. Farmer Giles of Ham follows a farmer who lives in the quaint little British town of Ham, and goes by the name of Psyche Aegidius de Hamo de or Aegidius fancy big name de syllables. I don't know. And Giles finds that all you need to do to gain a little respectability and a crap ton of free booze is shoot a giant in the face with your fancy boomstick and let your dog run around shouting your praises. Personally, I think having a talking dog would make you plenty noteworthy as it is, but whatever. <laughs> do you know what that reminds me of? <laughs> Tangent time. Okay. Um, pet peeve is uh, uh, King Kong. On King Kong, they, they go to the island and they're like, oh, there's this huge ape here. And everybody's like, oh, and look at these dinosaurs. And they're like, oh, that's great. But let's bring back the giant ape. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, it's like, oh, 
there are dragons in this story. Yeah, and there's a freaking talking dog. And there's dog a talking too. dog. <laughs> and a horse, too. Yeah. Like, this okay, is a well, big deal. Sorry, Ken. Go on. All right. So, Farmer Giles of Ham is living high on the hog when a dragon comes to town, brought to the area by the giant's talk of all the tasty livestock. And since he proved capable of turning back a giant, the king conscripts him into doing it again with the dragon. That goes well for Giles, but poorly for the king. Lesson learned, don't give a farmer a magic sword and a dragon and expect him to return passively to his humdrum life. Ham crowns himself king of ham, or Giles crowns himself king of ham. Happy days. Yay, independence. And uh, bottom line, if you're a parson and seek to convince a dragon of his evil ways, just walk away, man. (laughs) (laughs) All right. There you go. That's Farmer Giles of Ham. It's been a little while since I've had a Ken recap in person, it, it seems like. So we haven't even I, mentioned how we're kind of getting the band back together. Yeah, this is nice. This is kind of fun. So it's nice to have you back. In I did. Studio, a, Ken. I did a part of a recap for Assassins Apprentice, what, uh, whichever number two was. I, Quest. No, uh, Royal Assassin. Royal Assassin. Royal that's Assassin. what it was. Yes. I can't. I I don't know who I am anymore. Yeah. I can't remember anything. But I'm, it's it's fun to be the four of us again. <laughs> so Not that we don't love Megan and Kyle. <laughs> I shouldn't uh, say words now. I'm going to talk. I'm going to stop talking. Stop talking, Ken. Stop talking. So just uh, so you guys are aware, just a little bit of, of uh, so you can have the timeline in your head. This was written. It was actually written in 1937, the same year The Hobbit was published. Okay. Uh, but it wasn't published itself until 1949. Um, so anyway, it, if there are elements, and I think I'll get into this a little bit later, if, if there are elements that sound a whole lot like The Hobbit, um, well... It's there. That's no accident. This was written about the same time. Uh, Tolkien used to tell his kids a lot of stories like this, and he used to make up little things like this as jokes, kind of even just to himself to amuse himself. And this was kind of a place name joke uh, as a way to, if you look on the map between Oxford and London, there are all these uh, funky little place names. And this story was almost, it seems like just a way to explain away um what what was the was it worming hall or something w- like worming that? hall yeah so and the thames man can you imagine yeah. what tolkien would do with the state of utah that we live in oh my gosh <laughs> um i was actually i was just on vacation up in uh in the seattle area and there are some there are some doozies up there you obviously you've got like walla walla and you've got yeah. tequila and um Oh, and they're all they're all fleeing my mind now, of course. But uh, anyway, go go look on a map, Enumclaw. There are some great names oh, yeah. up there. So uh, anyway, so that's a little bit of background. But now let's just uh, kind of talk about what we thought of it. Ryan, I'll kick it to you first. How did you like Farmer Giles of Ham? A uh, really fun short story. Um, I thought I kept waiting for. I don't know why, but I kept waiting for something more Middle Earth to come in here. Sorry, I. Uh, I ignored my microphone for a minute there, but I kept waiting for, like, I was sitting here going, is this in Middle Earth? Is it what's, where is this or whatever? But as a whole, the stories, it moves pretty quick. It's fun. There's, you know, it's kind of funny. Um, uh, Very simple. I kind of want to talk at some point in time about, like, morality, like the morality tale that it is. Yeah. You know, what's, most of these short stories, they really focus on saying one thing like this is this is an, like an aesop fable type thing and just talk about what we think that is for this one okay yeah i think uh it's a good idea to get to that um todd haven't heard from you much yet what'd you think of farmer giles of ham um i i enjoyed it i was i was pleasantly surprised 
that it was going to be something that that did not include Middle Earth. Um, and I say pleasantly because I I get used to the I get used to the idea. Okay, I need to shift gears. I need to try and remember magic systems, places, all of these kinds of things. And having lived in England, um, and I, I I caught a lot of references to names and locations. And I said to myself, Oh, okay, I see where some of these things are are coming from and going. I felt very comfortable with it. So it was it was a a pleasant surprise that way. The one thing that I found that that uh, I enjoyed perhaps the most is that the further along this story ran, the funnier and funnier it became for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it starts out a little bit dry, um, which I'm used to, uh, especially when I'm thinking about British British humor. British humor tends to be a little bit dry, but as it moves on and on, it becomes more and more uh, almost a Monty Python ru- uh, a run in my brain of as I'm watching the the dragon come out and the knights hall running all over the place and they even had a minstrel with them and I was like oh my goodness this is just he too is brave much. Sir brave Robin. Sir Robin ran away <laughs> well you have me my copy of it it's sitting over by yeah, Utah yeah. somewhere um, actually um, gosh another tangent I just watched um, Monty Python and the Holy Grail with uh-huh. my wife last night she'd never seen it wow oh, I know she'd never wow. seen it so uh, just as a heads up it's it is very funny not as funny as you remember. What Just, time did you watch it? At? Anyway, so uh, anyway, go Most on. Most things never are. <laughs> My sister was bitten by a southbound moose once. <laughs> um, okay, here was my favorite joke, and it was on the second to last page of the book. Uh, so Giles has become king, um, and uh, his wife says his his <laughs> wife made a, his wife made a queen of great size and majesty, <laughs> and she kept a tight hand on the household accounts. There was no getting around Queen Agatha. At least it was a long walk. <laughs> I wrote that one down as well. <laughs> uh, and there, if you if you have eyes to see, there are little jokes like that throughout oh the goodness. story. And, oh my goodness! And they're very funny. They're so they're great. I definitely chuckled a few times during the story. Although I was reading a copy that I wasn't about to mark up, so I, I apologize if I don't have those at hand. Um, anyway, lastly, Ken. Yes. Well, what was your experience with it just broadly? I, I enjoyed it. I haven't read a lot of Tolkien, so I don't know if this um, observation comes from lack of experience with uh, with the author, but I liked that this was a book where the protagonist didn't have some kind of Pyrrhic victory or receive some come up <clears throat> at the end. You know what I mean? Ken just said Pyrrhic victory. Pyrrhic victory is a great term. That's Fantastic! I love that term. But it, it, it uh, King Giles gets—he kind of walks away from this thing better in every way. Now, well, and this might get to Ryan's um, uh, question about the whole morality tale thing. Does he come away better? Well, maybe, he certainly comes away better off. Maybe, and we can. <laughs> there, there can be an argument that he doesn't come away a better person. I suppose, but uh, he comes away better off. I mean. Uh, Bilbo, you know, he comes back just fine, but he's never the same, you know, whatever he's, he's always, you know, searching for more or whatever. Um, Niggle, you know, he is dead. Spoiler (laughs) crap. He spoiled the first third of the book. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Mark that and let's cut it. Ah, sorry about that. Yeah, we'll fix that in post. Anyway, but everything that (laughs) I've read, it's always... Hey, everything I've ever read from Tolkien, it's it's the hero comes back and the hero comes back fine, but there's always something, which is the definition of a pair of victory, where you wonder if the 
reward was worth the cost. But anyway, for for uh, Giles, it feels like he's he gets away pretty scot free, you know, and improves and uh, maybe not morally, but anyway, I like that about the book. That's a long way to say I like that about sure. the book. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, it, Ryan, maybe we uh, go into the whole morality tale thing. Tell me more about what you were thinking with that, uh, and we'll discuss. Well, there is a couple different things I was thinking about um, after I finished the book. Um, the first being like, you know, how how has this character grown or changed other than his position as king? You know, is it kind of taking over there? Um, but and what got him there? Like, is is the moral of this story that? He didn't really want to do the things he did, but he did them anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, so is your moral you pull out of this, like... Mostly when he was drunk. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like... Did anybody else catch that? Oh, oh no. Yeah. That he yeah, was yeah, drunk. Yeah. Most he was of drunk the time all when the time. he did something brave, he was drunk. <laughs> which, which is a very apt description of, of <laughs> bravery. <laughs> he needed a generous amount of liquid courage. Absolutely. But I think that's like... So that was something that just came to my mind was... Okay, is is there a is there a moral here saying that you know when you do the things that yeah that you're asked to do when you have to do them like you can get rewarded for it. sometimes you know doing that puts you in a good place or you know is it just people get lucky sometimes like, that was one of the things that that uh, jumped out at me in the book as as he was writing it said that he he was blessed with luck and wit and he was quite. Uh, I, th- I think it said something he was quite witty about the way that he used his luck, but he attributed the luck. He, um, when it gets to the end of the book, he, he mentioned, you know, it says that he recognizes that he was lucky, but he was smart in the way that he used his luck. Um, I was, I was impressed, um, that this book decided to take that or that this story took that kind of a route. I kept waiting. Um, and, and I knew Craig, you were going to tell us all of the history or at least a part of the history about where the publication was. Um, but I recognize that, that much of, much of the work of the Lord of the Rings and, and the Hobbit, um, was taking place around the time of world war II. Um, uh, for, as far as, as far as the lead up Tolkien's, yeah, uh, uh, much of his, much of his writing for it. Um, and I remember, I remember bits and pieces as I'm reading, uh, as I was as I was reading through the Lord of the Rings, when when I say to myself, "Oh, that sounds very much like it could have been something that would have been said by Churchill, or that would have been said to the people, or that the country as a as a whole would have needed," I found myself wondering at the very beginning of this story if this was not a if this was not going to turn into a slamming moralistic tale about how uh, Chamberlain screwed everything up. And Churchill had to ride in and save the day, and all. And of course, it did not really turn out that way. It it becomes a little bit more of a whimsical fable. Um, but I remember as I'm as I'm reading that, maybe it's just part of my of of my awareness of what else was going on in there that made me think. I wonder if this is where he was going with some of that. That I have no answer to. Uh, this is actually, I'll be honest, as a Tolkien guy, this is one of those <laughs> things that I know very little about. Um. Farmer Giles of Ham. This isn't the first time I've read it, but it's the first time I've read it in a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're looking for, you guys are all looking at me like, all right, Craig, what do you got? What do you got, Tolkien boy? Dance monkey. I got nothing. <laughs> I, so. And I appreciate that. Um, again, one of the one of the things that's always fascinating to me about literary review is that the writer can have meant totally different things. We come at it later on. We read it. We put all kinds of other stuff our stuff on top of it and we see things. 
Um, and I think that's valid. I think that's that's a, a valid piece of the process. Yeah. Well, I can give you a little bit, I guess. Um, so I mentioned earlier that there are some echoes with The mm -hmm. Hobbit, between this one and The Hobbit. And um, uh, so I'll give you one. Uh, Farmer Giles' bosom enemy. If mine is Ken, then his is the Miller. The Miller. Right. Yes. Right. And so he's annoyed by the uh, by the blacksmith, but he calls the Miller his bosom enemy. Uh, anyway, in the Lord of the Rings, there's a character by the name of Ted Sandyman, and Ted Sandyman is the uh, he's the Miller in Hobbiton or near Hobbiton, and he is the one. He's really snarky. He's always making you know kind of uh jerk jerky jerk face comments to the hero hobbits <laughs> and he's the first one uh, he's kind of like the major hobbit lieutenant when saruman comes and takes over the shire and so ted sandyman is that guy and he's the miller in that book and so it made me wonder and i i do know that where tolkien grew up as a kid he was born in South Africa, but then he moved to England and where he grew up there in his early, early years, he was only like 300 yards from Sarehole Mill. Uh, so there's this big mill with a giant smokestack and and uh, it was a working mill. And so it made me wonder, I, I think there are some stories out there with you know him and his uh, his brother being scared by the miller who would come out you know, covered in dust, and they call him the White Ogre. I, I, I hope I'm not getting my stories mixed up. Somebody can, um, can hop on Reddit and and let me know if I mixed something up. Uh, but there were these experiences with the mill that made me just think, huh, that really, really <laughs> left an impression. That Sarehole Mill. Um, the other thing that I'll mention, and, and this is an echo of the Lord of the Rings, if you remember, uh, Giles heads out to the king's court. And the parson tells him, "Hey, don't forget your rope. You're gonna need oh, some yeah. rope. You need some rope." <laughs> yeah. And uh, that's a that's a, a little tidbit from uh, the Two Towers, Two I want to say, when Sam realizes he needs rope and he has no rope, and so he, you know, uh, so the elven rope comes in handy. Anyway, so little things like that where you can see uh, things that he's borrowed or just recycled from this story that made it into the other ones as well. So maybe I, he just really believed in the power of rope. Why not? Why not? I mean, you know what? I'm not going to go there. There was a joke there and <laughs> I'm going to turn and walk away. Watch this self-control. Okay. Somebody else say things now. Okay. There, the, the rope leads to a funny point in the book though, where I, I almost feel like it was intentionally uh, pointed out by him where he's like, Oh, the rope, well, that was handy, you know. They where he uses the rope, and he's like, "Oh, that was handy after all." It, it felt like a little bit of a. Oh, imagine that, you know. We use mention the rope, we use the rope. <laughs> Chekhov's there gun go. gets fired. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, what other uh, what other little things do you guys want to bring up from this? I I have the feeling that this may be a pretty short episode, and I'm fine with that. Uh. But what else do you guys want to talk about with Farmer Giles of Ham? So I get a kick out of the fact that, um, he he says in the very beginning and. And Craig, your your reference to the fact that this may have been, uh, or or that Tolkien spent a lot of time making these stories up for his children. Maybe this has an impact in it. But he spends a little bit of time in the very beginning of the story saying, "Ah, the little kingdom. We're going to be talking a story about the little kingdom. Not really sure it has any boundaries in the real world or even in time and space, because we got a blunderbuss 
showing up when we've got <laughs> dragons. dragons and giants walking all over the place, but everybody's still cooking on open fires. Oh, by the way, we got a magic sword in this deal too. And as this as the story goes on, it started to feel to me um, very much like it was like it like it was a hmm. I've gotten myself to a spot. I'll just throw something in now. Um, and it feels like he does that a couple of times. Um, he does that with the blunderbuss, and then the and then and then tailbiter, and then we don't find out that this is a magic sword until it has to be a magic be one, yeah. sword. <laughs> you know, it's just a sword that was laying around. Oh no, 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 no. This was the magic sword. <laughs> so can you imagine? Uh, he'd been if this was 1937 that he was writing this. He'd been working on Middle Earth for about 20 years at this mm-hmm. point. And he was already really concerned with um, it, with its internal cohesion and all the languages and everything. And how does this history affect this, uh, mm-hmm. the etymology of this made up elvish word, et cetera, et cetera. And so now he's writing this whimsical little fake fairy tale about Farmer Giles of Ham. And he writes himself into a little corner and says, eh, screw it, blunderbuss. <laughs> It's a, the freedom, the freedom of that must have been so refreshing after working on all that other stuff and just saying, "Ah, screw it, blunderbuss." It is, it it is one of the, it is one of the moments as I was reading that I went and just and just kind of, I, I snorted. My wife looked at me and said, "What is what is it that you are reading?" I'm like, "Never mind, I'll explain so, it later." So he he does have he has a little joke in there that I found really amusing when he talks about the uh the four clerks i think it is i think he calls them (laughs) clerks and i think he's referring to the editors of the oxford english dictionary which he worked on for a couple of years and they have a definition of a blunderbuss and he 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 gives that definition word for word in the story um and then he kind of just says ah screw it we don't need the definition anything could go in there because it talks about you know it could be birdshot or slugs or whatever and he's like, ah, he's just packing crap he's, in there. Yeah. He just packs a bunch Crockery of wire. and rubbish Crockery and, and, and nails. And it has the same effect as it would have otherwise. Um, just a, a fun little joke. I, I think he might have been poking some fun at the uh, at the rigidness of dictionary definitions. Um, anyway, I'm sure, again, somebody could tell us a lot more about that if they, <laughs> if they knew more than we did. Um, okay, so the dragon. Uh, what's his name again? <laughs> I need to look up his name. It sounds like a pharmacy name. Uh, it sounds like a pharmaceutical. I can't remember. Chrysophylax. 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 I read half this out loud. It's Chrysophylax to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, Take Chrysophylax if you have <laughs> arterial I, blockage. <laughs> <laughs> Do not take it if you're pregnant or exactly. maybe become pregnant. Take it if you want to become pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Chrysophylax Divis. Chrysophylax. Um, he is... Okay, so that is Greek. This is straight out of Wikipedia, by the way. So, this is... Uh, oh, 100% this is, accurate. Yeah, what's we'll nobody's, nobody's They're never take. wrong. Uh, Greek for gold, gold guard. Uh, Divis is Latin for rich. So, he is a rich gold, gold guardian. Um so right. well put, I guess. Kind anyway, of spot on right there. Uh, I was curious about uh, whether you guys liked him because he's he's hardly smog. He's not this great menacing thing. He's not 
entirely comical because he does smash several knights and eat a whole bunch of livestock. And... I'm sorry, I found that very comical. But yeah, it, <laughs> I was gonna. He he does it in a funny way. <laughs> That's true. I'll give you that. Anyway, but what do you guys think of the dragon? Is I uh, uh, riff on the dragon? I, I wanted to be menaced by him when he first shows up, and I I did. I pictured him in with his best Benedict Cumberbatch smog voice and everything. And, and then he, not a good fit for that. dragon. No. And then, <laughs> and then he, and then he starts, you know, talking and then the, the sword, the magic sword comes out and he kind of runs away and it's like, Oh yeah, this is one of this those is a weenie dragons. dragons. <laughs> That's why they call him a snake. Cause he's a weenie. I got a kick yeah. out of the fact that both Giles and Chrysophylax, 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 <laughs> say Chrysophylax makes it sounds like a laxative. Um, <laughs> I actually okay now in again in Wikipedia they do say Chrysophylax so oh, I don't hey. know it's, I, don't I know. guess however you I don't Chrysophylax Chrysophylax the dragon it's all Greek to me why does Wikipedia hit you wah, Craig wah. oh no I'm sorry you're not allowed to have that smug of a face after that <laughs> one <laughs> it's like he's been planning that one all day I got a kick out of the fact that both Giles and the dragon are desperately trying to avoid confrontation they're both <laughs> yeah. this is this is absolutely the th this feels to me very much like a children's story at this point that he's telling that that he could be telling to his children because children would get a kick out of the fact they're gonna fight they're gonna fight what do you mean they're not gonna fight they have to fight <laughs> um and and that they both go to such great lengths in fact up to and including the fact that as Farmer Giles is waving the sword. The sword does all the work, right? <laughs> it's not even Giles. He just he happens to be holding the sword when it cuts the dragon. It's the sword like, wants to slay some evil. I'm standing here minding my own business, and the sword is doing all kinds of stuff. <laughs> it's uh, it's really different from Bilbo in the Hobbit when uh, Bilbo takes it upon himself to broker a peace, and you know, and it, it, he comes up with this master plan involving stealing the jewel and you know forcing all the sides to come to an agreement and this one is like the sword backs him into a corner uh and says oh no you're you're gonna be brave whether you like it or not <laughs> and uh and so he just kind of rolls with that it uh, very much reminded me of moments like um in the wizard of oz when the cowardly lion comes out at first and he's roaring and he's all scary and everything someone's like pulls his tail and all of a sudden he turns into this whiny mess of a character that we're I'm like this is that dragon right that is exactly what he yeah. cowardly dragon yeah <laughs> the, the sword comes out and he's seen swords before but this one's like oh this is tail biter oh oh oh, oh no not tail biter <laughs> I wish people could have seen that face I'm really glad they didn't <laughs> Uh, okay, so I'm trying to think if there's... Oh, the other element is Garm. Garm the dog. The dog. The, the talking, talking dog. dog. Uh, I, I don't know if I have a ton to say about him. Who serves what purpose? What now? Who serves what purpose? To, to amuse his children? Yeah. He, he warns Giles about the giant and then gets like... And then goes and cries the, well, and then he praises fan, of his yeah, master. He fan sections, you know, yeah. Giles, and then he gets Giles into trouble. And is it? I mean, is it possible that he's just a kind of a stand-in for some part of Giles's uh, subconscious, or uh, you know, where he wants to be recognized, but he's also kind of a coward in the end. I I don't know. He's, he's a he's, I, 
it's possible that he served some purpose like that. I, I do you don't remember? Know. Do you he's, remember a knight's tail? He's the tale? Goliath. Do you remember knight's tale? Mm-hmm. Chaucer as he was as Paul he's Bettany, running around. Yes. Yeah, he's he's basically the Paul Bettany character running around saying, "Hey, let me tell you about Giles." And he's, now, when we turn this into a cinematic piece, Paul Bettany will be asked to play the part of Garm. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say he's like like uh, Davy and Goliath, the the old uh, cartoons. He's like, I don't know, Davy. And- <laughs> Well, you know, that's another old joke. Yeah, you guys, you guys. I'm, are I'm pulling out so all the classics today. I'm sorry. Wow, uh, that's one of the th- one of the things that I found interesting about about Garm is that um, he really has no love for Garm. He's always telling yeah. him, "Shut up, or I'm going to kill you. Shut <laughs> up, or I'm going to skin you alive. Shut up, or I mean." And and the wife is like, "Shut the dog up." And it's like every time you turn around, every, somebody is, and the dog, as dogs are is easily distracted. What are you talking about? Nothing. You gave me food. I forgot all about the thing that I was going to tell you about because you gave me food. And his love returns almost immediately because he's a dog. Yeah. 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 It was was entertaining. Um, He serves serves a piece of, of spreading out information, but beyond that, he's just... He's just kind of... He's what shows us... Uh, somebody said one time, if you want to tell me somebody's true character, show me how they treat animals. Well, in that case, Giles is kind of a putz. And so is his wife. Like, I, I admit it kind of jarred me a little bit. To like They were calling out, um, there's one line, uh, get back to bed and don't be a fool, said his wife, and drown that dog in the morning. There's no call to believe what a dog says. They'll tell any tale when caught true in a thieving. It's like... First of all, the accent, bravo! Right, oh, thank you, thank you. Like I said, I read most of the, like about half of this out loud. So he's an actor, <laughs> but um, yeah, it, moments like that where it's like, "I'll skin you alive," and you know, drown the dog. I was like, "You can't get away with that anymore. <laughs> you can't write a kids' book about that." Anymore. I'm, I'm not sure you could have gotten away with that when this was published, but, <laughs> but at least it was written about. Well, they say dogs are the last. Um, a political thing left on Twitter. Dog Twitter is the only good Twitter left, and so yeah, you couldn't get away with. You have to. You have to treat your dogs right nowadays. Yep, they're all we have yep. left of the goodness in the world. <laughs> um, okay, so I I'm going to go ahead and call this a mini episode, unless anybody has anything burning to say about the story, and uh, you know maybe we can two-parter it if we really feel like it though i doubt that'll happen but i do want to go for final thoughts ken you look like you've got I, some more to say though well i it's not really it's kind of about the book i i love these little his many stories i would love to see a compilation i'd love to see peter jackson or somebody put together a compilation of short movies so I, I, because I, I love would love to see this as a movie. I would love to see Leaf by Niggle as a movie, you know, I'm, but as I'm a not, short. Um, I, I'm not necessarily disagreeing with you, that, so don't take this that way. But I am curious why you jump to that so quickly. Why is it that when you read something that you really enjoy, you immediately want it filmed? Because in my mind, my natural inclination is to see how it happens visually is that just is that just like the our modern tendency i think as, it is i think it by and large is it certainly is mine it always has been even since yeah. i was a little kid it's like i want to see something in my mind i'm always picturing how it would happen yeah and you're, and so i would love to see that just a little 15 minute shorts you know or something i don't i i don't think you're wrong to feel that way but i do think it's interesting that yeah, yeah. and i mean i've been guilty of it uh, just like anybody but uh, it's interesting that oh i like that i that thing i just read Please, somebody film it. Huh. <laughs> Validate it by making it a moving picture. <laughs> exactly. 
Uh, can we get a talkie out of this, please? Um, okay, so uh, any other things before the we The other thing I liked thoughts? was his, his uh, insults in the book were very similar to his insults in Lord of the Rings. Like and, what? Like, uh, drat, <laughs> drat you for a good-for-nothing nosy Parker. <laughs> like, not quite the same ring as Fool of a Took, but still, I liked it. Nice. Okay. Anyway, that's all I got. Cool. Well, uh, let's let's do final thoughts. Todd, will you start us off? Um, do you recommend that people read this, and why? So, um, yes, I would recommend that. I, I would recommend that people read this um, if they're looking for. Uh, my my caveat to it would be if you're looking for something that gives you um, a a different perspective on Tolkien, and if you're looking for something that is a little bit light. Um, it's a fast read. It's fun, but I will say that I found, and this will probably surprise no one and I've got, but I've got to bring it up. I found some really interesting level three things, uh, and maybe some level two stuff in this short little story. You want to bring one of them up? Um, I absolutely do. Um, one of the, one of the powerful level two, and, and again, maybe, maybe I saw this because I was thinking about it in terms of the time frame that this would have been written, that it makes sense for both level two and level three, is the way that he treats the king and the knights, that they always have something better to do than to take care of their real responsibilities, which is protecting the people. Um, I, as I was reading that, now, granted, a little bit further on, and you know, we're having all of these things go on um, with the knights, they become very much for me a Monty Python thing i was i was envisioning it as the monty python you know runaway uh every D D group starts out looking like uh you know the game of thrones and they end up looking like monty python and the holy grail um and i have a, i actually have a Leroy Jenkins. <laughs> but uh but i but i think that there's a there's a powerful statement in that and that is that if you're not taking care of the, if you're in response, a position of responsibility and you're not taking care of the people, you can expect that you will not stay in that position. And sure enough, the king does not, the knights do not. Um, the people who wind up uh, being promoted by Giles are the squires and the boys that were doing the work of carrying the luggage. Um, I, I and, and as I'm reading that, because, and, and I guess it's just because it's me. Um, I started thinking to myself, huh, you know what? Even in a short story like this, Tolkien weaves in some beautiful level two, level three seeds that for a children's story or for a short story are very well in place and give an opportunity to talk about stuff later on. Nice. Okay. Very good. Uh, Ken. That's about all I got. I, there were, there were a couple of, a couple of lines that I really enjoyed that, that stuck out for me because they're kind of timeless and, um, the one talking about when he heard the giant at the first, he said, uh, now I got to look it up. I closed my thing and I don't remember what it was, but the giant, the giant shows up and he makes just some, some, uh, offhanded remark about, uh, Giles heard and did not like the sound of it. It reminded him that unexpected things may happen when all seems to be going well. And it, I don't know. It's always just kind of stuck with me. It's like, don't ever get too comfortable in, things that are good because things can turn south real fast all right so very nice um so i will say through my stuffy nose sorry it's winter whatever um i will say uh that i i 
really like the story. It's not one that I think about often. Uh, you know, it's like not I said, Leaf I, by Niggle. It's not Leaf by Niggle. Leaf by Niggle is uh, is remarkable and required reading. Uh, this one isn't required reading, but if you have a quiet afternoon, you're on vacation, and uh, you have time to blow through 77 pages or whatever it was, it'll take you somewhere between 30 and 60 minutes, depending on how quick you are as a reader. Uh, so it's a really quick read, and it is a lot of fun. There are a lot of little tiny linguistic jokes that he peppers throughout there, and they are a delight to read. Uh, but the other thing that I'll mention is that if you do have a chance to read it, I don't normally care about illustrations, but I I read an edition with uh, the Pauline Baines illustrations, mm-hmm. and I thought they were delightful. Um, it, she does them in kind of a, a, again, a mock medieval style, and uh, and I thought that they were just a perfect companion to the story. And so if you if you have Tales from the Perilous is it Tales from the Perilous Realm? Um, yeah, they they reprinted it there, but they didn't include the illustrations. So if you can get your hands on one of the original Pauline Baines ones or the 50th anniversary, they reprinted the illustrations. Uh, grab those if you have a chance. Um, they they unlike most illustrations in my opinion, uh, they really went well with the story and enhanced the experience for me. So. Uh, Ryan, I'll kick it to you. Final thoughts? What you think? Do you recommend it? Uh, if you enjoy uh, the English language of that old English styling, not necessarily like the yees, thous, those, um, but it's it's worth the read. Um, I I needed a little bit of runway at the beginning of this, and that always worries with me with a short story to wrap my head around the tone and speaking and everything. We're used to it in epic fantasy. We get chapters of exposition, everything, trying to figure out what, how, how is this being written and spoken, and everything. And it took me just a little bit of runway to figure out what was going on in this story. Um, other than that, I think it's absolutely 100% a great opportunity just for a quick read. Um, if you'd like to see a little bit more of uh, what Tolkien wrote, I think this is a very fun, quick enjoyable little read and uh it's good practice <laughs> just to like to read something else you mean read it or, out loud oh, oh read I it out loud ah uh, yeah, yeah okay yeah excuse me um maybe not all of it but <laughs> yeah what, like okay so i guess maybe this will be the exit question if somebody is a big tolkien fan they should probably read this sure but yeah. if they're not probably pretty skippable Unless it's being used as an on-ramp to the way that Tolkien writes. Uh, but this, but is it the way that Tolkien writes? Because this is, I mean, we talked about how loose he was with his world building as far, you know, the blunderbuss and the, the way the, the uh, knights were situated and whatnot. But it's, it's the language of the time. It's, yeah, it's similar, it's similar in tone and, and uh, in style. I Maybe guess. not everyone has this problem, but... Like it's like when I listen to certain accents for a while, like it becomes easier for me to drop into and 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 no. connect that way. Oh, because I'm so used to hearing. I it. can't imagine that of you, Ryan. Not <laughs> at all. Ryan's a whiz with accents. <laughs> yes, he is. He's whiz. Um, <laughs> so okay, are we good to call it then, or uh, do we have anything else to say on the subject? 
short episode. Go home, you fools. <laughs> um, you fools. Anyway, so uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Um, this was episode number 209, and we hope you'll stick around with us for 210, which is going to be... Red Team's doing Grave Peril. Grave yeah. Peril. That's um, book three of... Book three the Dresden, of, the, of Jim the Dresden Butcher. Files. Yeah. Um, and so that'll be coming up next week. I'm going to be on vacation. Spooky. So all those of you in that uh, in, in the mythical survey who said, Craig doesn't need to be on every episode. Well, I'm not. And next week will be proof of that. So I uh, hope you enjoy that. Jerks. Um, <laughs> anyway, after that, what are we doing after that? Oh, it's book three of Farseer. Uh, Assassin's that, Quest. Um, and yes. then... Assassin's Quest. And then we and jump then the into Terry Doom. Pratchett, right? And then oh, Terry, Terry Pratchett. Pratchett. And then yep. we jump into and then Doom. We jump into Doom. So, yep. um, and we will be doing uh, New Spring as well, uh, the uh, Wheel of Time prequel that's scheduled for the first of February. Yep. Time frame. So, uh, anyway, so that's a preview of what's coming. There's up. your housekeeping. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and we hope that you will uh, support the show on Patreon, Patreon.com/slash Legendarium, and we hope that you'll go. Uh, give us two stars on <laughs> iTunes. Don't ask that. They will do oh, it. I know. I know. That's the problem. Okay. Go it, give us five stars. Everybody, five stars on. And just, here's the thing, though. Say whatever you want. Say anything. Just I give don't, us five stars. Yeah, just give us five stars and then insult us as much as you want. Uh, those are my preferred um, my, my preferred reviews. Insult Craig. The rest oh. of us are a little bit more tender. <laughs> I lost all feeling years ago, um, <laughs> except for amusement. Rye amusement at your insults. I'm still uh, writing after two years ago being called the Beyonce of the podcast. So <laughs> <laughs> that's, right. that's right. That was a that was a that was a perfect description of Ryan. If only you could see him uh, in, in a. I always video. wear a onesie <laughs> to the that podcast. His made for him a sequined onesie in the rain. If you ever uh, see him twerk, you'll never unsee it. Oh, all right. So. I guess that's the end of the episode. 